Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 44 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. Today I am sharing the interview I did a couple days ago with Mike Winslow from Calgary Heritage Roasting Company. He's a co-founder and co-owner of that local coffee roaster here in Calgary. I not only love their coffee, but I also love the brand they've built around it. They have really emphasized their values in outdoor and adventure living as well as drinking good coffee. Mike mentions it in the story of Cougar Heritage Roasting that everything tastes better when you're out in the woods and that is where their love of coffee started, him and his business partner, and where they learned the craft of roasting coffee just on a pan out in the woods and then how they took that skill and turned it into a company where people wanted to drink the coffee beans they were roasting after they figured out how not to burn them and really narrow down the taste they were going for, which Mike will explain in the interview. He talks about who Bubba the Bear is and why the bear is such a good representation of the company and why staying connected to the community and nature is so important to him and the brand. He talks about the cafe, like I mentioned, and talks about what the process has been like starting that idea uh, more than two years ago and now finally coming to fruition with the actual building and renovating of the space and he will share when they think it's going to open, which you can get excited for. So I hope you like this episode. I find I found it awesome. I love being able to talk to the owners and founders of companies that have really taken a big part of the Calgary community and have manifested that type of branding and feel good vibes well creating a product that everyone loves. So let's get into it. Here is Mike. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm sitting here with Mike from Calgary Heritage Roasting Co. Thanks for sitting down with me. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And I won't even try to say your last name because it's a W. That's all we got. Yeah, that's that's all you need. <laughs> uh, do you want to start with introducing yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Mike Wenslaw, um, born and raised in Calgary, and I am one of the co-founders of Calgary Heritage Roasting Company. Cool. And so you started your career as a firefighter. Yes. And now you own a coffee company. So do you want to talk about the transition from one to the next? Yeah, absolutely. So... I've actually been rooted in in travel for quite some time. Um, just kind of getting paid the smallest amounts of money to go travel or during school, I would just work a bunch of jobs and then travel in the summer. It's just been a big part of my life. Um, so after I kind of finished that chapter, at least within student youth travel and doing those kind of programs like guest trip and bus loose, um, I just kind of wanted to do a few bucket list items. So. Uh, lived in Fernie for a season uh, as a ski bum, and then uh, a bunch of good buddies of mine, including my um, my business partner and co-founder, uh, Jamie Parker, he was a wildland firefighter. And uh, I always kind of loved being outside and wanted to kind of experience that. So went through the ringer and, and got on to uh, unit crew for Rocky Mountain House. Um, and that was an incredible summer. And that was kind of the, well, it wasn't kind of, that was the seed money that started um, 
what is now like Calgary Heritage Roasting Company. So that's that's how that whole transition kind of happened. Cool. And so where did the idea for Calgary Heritage come from? Yeah. So I like to tell the story in two parts. Um, so there's kind of the heart uh, or the soul and then the mind. And so the head or the knowledge, the mind um, came from firefighting. So Jamie and I were both uh, wildland firefighters. We learned to roast coffee in the bush in a cast iron pan. And um, that's kind of how we got the more, I guess, quote unquote, technical side. I'm air quoting. You can't see it. <laughs> um, and then we took that into mom's uh, oven and barbecue and popcorn popper and then eventually moved into like these little fluid bed roasters, which is just a glorified hair dryer and uh, started kind of selling to friends and family. But the soul of the company came from uh, it was a it was a hunting trip, actually, about five years ago now. And uh, myself, Jamie, and uh, two of other friends, Greg and Jeremy, were in the backcountry and um, in the Wilmore near Jasper National Park. We we're sitting around the fire one night drinking Alberta Premium from a plastic bottle because we were like pretty, pretty classy guys <laughs> all in all. And uh, started kind of talking about how, you know, nothing tastes better than when you're in the outdoors. It's this experience. It's a connection. It's a nostalgia. It's this I always like to say it's like the smoky that rolls in the dirt. You pick it up and eat it. It's better than any filet mignon. And I think anybody who like avidly will go outside or like Albertans, we always like to say, um, but really will resonate with that feeling. So we wanted to create something that was true to Alberta, um, a company that was you know void of its perceived pretentiousness within coffee and just be comfortable and approachable and inviting and kind of the coffee company that we would want to go to. Um, so that's that in turn with the roasting and then support um, from friends and family is what created CHRC. Right. That's awesome. And it is. I feel like you can taste the outdoor adventure like with the coffee. Cause yes. it's, the brand was in there from like the beginning. Totally. Um, and so you said it really nonchalantly, like you were just roasting coffee in the backwoods as people do that normally. Mm -hmm. So how did you know how to roast coffee? Was that... Did you just Google it and you thought this was a good idea? Or you just like hated the coffee you were drinking? Yeah, it's Uncle Google for sure. <laughs> like we, we, we always say that, uh, and I'm going to stop saying we always say, but um, we, we would always say, <laughs> <laughs> shit, um, that we learned to roast coffee in the bush, but in reality we learned to like burn coffee in the bush. Right. So we definitely didn't. Uh, start with this magic recipe and it took a lot of trial and error and a lot of hours on you know in the bush but then more so in on the machine that we had and you know we had six of those little fluid bed roasters that would roast 130 grams at a time so a true pound is 454 grams so it would take us about you know 30 40 minutes um, to make one pound of coffee and we were doing that in my mom's garage right like just in the middle of winter we kind of cracked the garage door and smoke's billowing out and we were worried bylaws gonna get called <laughs> on us and um, that transitioned into moving into a larger roaster still in mom's garage and then we kind of you know, shifted it around the city until um, until now, where we're actually opening up our own roastery cafe, um, which is really exciting. So that that idea, that concept um, of having a physical space, because what we've always wanted to do is kind of create a product and an experience that elicits an emotional response, right? Where we like to say sometimes that we're more of a lifestyle brand that just happens to sell coffee, right? We love coffee, and um, we think that we have an, an incredible product, but it's more than that. You know, there's nothing really, there's no proprietary knowledge when it comes to coffee, at least as far as we see. So um, we just really want to connect with people that way and really live up that vision. 
Right. Yeah. Um, and at the beginning, what were some of the lessons you learned about roasting coffee, but then also about running business? Yeah. Um, I would say, so Jamie was the head roaster. And so he was doing a lot of that. And he poured hours and hours over that machine. And we actually weren't digital. We were analog. So we, he would have to like smell the beans and like do things that all other roasters have to do as well. But it was just, it's just time in, you know, it's the 10,000 hours, that kind of thing. So um, what we learned about coffee is that um, even though in a very kind of objectively saturated or competitive environment, there's still all these niches that you can carve out and make your own as long as you're coming to it from an authentic standpoint, which again, that roasting knowledge just kind of transitioned into the business knowledge is from the get go, you know, we have these founding values and principles and like all these things that we live by. But um, the number one thing it always boils down to just like passion, like, why are you doing it? If you don't care about what you're doing truly, then why the hell would somebody else? And, um, you know, that leads into other things. Like we always say, um, one of our founding values is fun. And as cheesy as that sounds, but you know, it's not every day is going to be fun. Some days are going to suck a lot. And entrepreneurship is totally this, like it is the cliches that you hear annoyingly. So <laughs> like it's highest highs, lowest lows and yada, yada, yada. Right. So I think for, yeah, all coffee roasting and all businesses kind of taught us or that we've learned is just like, you really gotta, you do, you have to dig your heels in and you gotta be passionate about what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm. And did either of you come from a business background? No. And so you just had to learn along the way. Yeah, totally. So that's, I think that's probably one of the other big pieces of advice that we give is get out of your own way. Like, so Jamie has a bachelor's in science, uh, majoring in kinesiology. And I had, I was going to school for petroleum lab management. Then I did a 180 degree flip onto um, a bachelor's in ecotourism and outdoor leadership from Mount Royal. And granted, I did take the BCom classes that I had there and then um, had a vested interest and knew I always wanted to run my own business, but I thought it was going to be like adventure travel. Um, so I would take business classes, but like intros and entrepreneurship and write in like, okay, so I have this post-it note and I got to trade up, like all this other kind of stuff that's, it just doesn't apply. So for example, we, in our first year, um, we went through ATB's booster program. That was huge for like validating what we're doing. And then we transitioned into um, the district ventures, the consumer packaged good accelerator um, by Arlene. And when we got into it, we didn't like, I truly didn't know what cash flow was. Like I had no idea. We, we didn't know how to balance our books. Like Jamie and I don't come from a finance background. So we had to learn all that. And thankfully he does it because I'm not a numbers guy. <laughs> um, we just took the skills that we thought we had and then just realize that we are never the smartest person in the room and just like soak it up. And I think when you kind of take your ego out of it, then that's like that, that's what you have to do. You're either the smartest person in the world and you've done business a billion times and whatever, good good luck to you. But um, yeah, if you think that you're the expert, then you're just fooling yourself. Right. One is especially like take the skills that you do have and focus on those and just let someone else do the other things. Oh my God. Absolutely. And realize that even those skills, someone can do better. right? Right. It's, there's been so many times that I found in this process, delegation is so hard because like the, the business is your baby. You just yeah. need, and you you always feel like you could, oh, I could do this faster and I can do this better. But in reality, there's so many talented people out there and um, always outsource the stuff you hate doing and then be open to getting different perspective on things that you love doing or you think you're great at. 
Right. Mm -hmm. um, and working with ATB and District Ventures now, what are some of the most important or useful tools that you gain from either of them? Yeah, absolutely. I would say um, from ATB, it's the booster program and the live stage events and all this other kind of stuff have been incredibly value, uh, valuable to us for a working relationship with ATB, with a lender. Um, our business would have failed you know, five times over by now if we didn't have the financing that we got. Either that or we would have done an equity play and it would have been very expensive for us early on, right? Um, so that would be the thing from ATB and they obviously have this wealth of resources, but District Ventures with its mentorship and all that other kind of stuff is huge. So it goes back to just no, like putting your ego to the side and just asking for help when you need it. If you don't know something, just ask. Right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And going back to the coffee. Yeah. Uh, when did you realize that you were onto something? That you were had the possibility of being successful? Yeah, totally. Uh, it's so we've been going now for about three and a half years, and it's fun to think back on those. Um, like those earlier times and like when it was for us, I think like, so Jamie and I were, we're fighting fire together, but um, he's on a different crew. And so we didn't see each other all summer and we had this idea, we're going to open the shop. And then throughout the summer and talking to people and kind of in a bubble, like we were talking to each other, it was, everyone's like, you guys have zero tr like track record of sales. You know, you don't really even have a product and how, like where are you going to get this money and so then by the end of the summer we kept wearing down individually this idea of like what we were going to do because we were going to open up this brick and mortar and this cafe and it was just going to be like off-colored leather couches and like really cool and inviting um and then at the end of the summer we came back and kind of looked at each other i remember giving jamie the call and just being like hey i don't think this is gonna work like we can't do it and he's like i'm gonna stop you right there i've been thinking the same thing so without even talking we arrived at the same point and that was to launch um, an e-commerce platform first. And then so we got a, a Tyler Regas. Uh, I used to work for him and he's like our first mentor. He's great. And he was helping us out. Uh, uh, does Derby events, pack with brand, all that kind of stuff. Um, connection there. Yep. And uh, but to, to not beat around the bush and answer your question, I think where it was is f for me anyways, um, it was always just kind of like this passion project and something really fun to do with like your best buddy. Um, but ATB, when we did our booster campaign and we were successfully funded and we were gaining a lot of traction, more specifically, we did the live pitch event for that um, and we did it in Edmonton and we won. Um, so won on enemy territory. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, if I had to boil it down to a point where I was like, this is something that can work, um, it was there because... It's not that we shouldn't have won. There were a lot of really incredible brands there and companies. Um, it just, it was just like only Calgary company and we were still so young in our journey. So that yeah. was, that would be it for me. Yeah. That's awesome. And then you kind of get that like pure reassurement that you're like, okay, we thought it was cool, but like at least other people think it's cool too. Yeah. And you put up these walls, right? You think about, okay, well, obviously there's going to be all these doubters and, you know, haters on this stuff. And it, Calgary is completely opposite. I've, I've said a few times that, you know, I don't think our business would have succeeded anywhere else. And I think it's because the local pull and support and everything that you find in the city is like, it's just so inclusive. So we jumped into it almost with shields up and everyone just had nothing but, you know, 
constructive but great things to say and i think we were in a position to take that criticism so it, it was just yeah overwhelmingly positive yeah no, that's awesome calgary is really good at supporting the community i feel like even if there's other people that have coffee or like people like me don't have coffee and we drink like seven cups of coffee a day and we're like hey we're gonna get everybody's coffee you know yeah. you, like people just want to support everybody oh absolutely awesome. yeah um, and how would you describe your coffee? I know you talked about a little bit at the beginning where it was in the adventure in the mountains and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, if you could provide the description and then what makes it stand out? Yeah, definitely. So I always like to say that, um, so our coffee is definitely third wave or specialty coffee. Um, so by that, I mean that it's it's at a high, it's called a Q grade. Um, so it's at, a, it's at a certain quality or higher, generally like 80 points of 100 or higher. Um, so... We're not conventional, right? There's first wave, which is your Folgers, your Nabob. It's pre-ground, you know, conventional garbage coffee in a rubber tin and you get what you pay for. And then there's second wave, which is your, you know, Starbucks, your McDonald's, Tim Hortons, all those kind of guys kind of fall into that. Even, you know, Kicking Horse and uh, those guys are starting to fall into there just um, through scale. And then third wave is your craft brewery, right? It's your it's your specialty. So we're definitely part of that. Um However, within third wave, there's a trend right now, kind of like IPAs and beer. You're going to see that I talk about booze a lot because I'm like a functioning alcoholic, but um, there is this trend to be very floral, fruity, acidic, bright, and exotic. And we're on the other side completely. So all of our coffees are bold, but not bitter, smooth, easy drinking, dark chocolatey, nutty, smoky. I like to say your dad's dad's mean potato kind of cup of coffee. Um, and they're all a medium roast. So you'll never kind of get burnt ashy astringent tastes from the coffee and they're all single origin. So currently we don't do any uh, blends, kind of like a single malt whiskey. Oops, again. And uh, and that's just because it is, it just speaks to the quality of the coffee. So I think where we are within the space is a very approachable coffee, something that's very easy drinking, um, chocolatey, more savory. Um, while you know, appeasing the general palate of the bell curve for Central South American coffees um, while still being very high quality. So a lot of the time we get those coffee drinkers that have like black and charred coffee and they're like, oh, I want it bold. I want it to just like punch me in the face kind of thing. It's like, you'll get that savory side from our coffee, but it's medium. And so you won't need cream and milk and sugar. But if you want it, go ahead because, you know, it's going in your mouth, not mine. Yeah. So that's kind of where we sit in the scale. And then we also sell green beans and teach people to roast their own coffee at home. So we think it's a little bit hypocritical of ourselves to call ourselves craft if we don't invite other people to participate. So whether that's roasting in your oven, cast iron, any of those other kind of things that we've done, you know, we'll sell you green beans and we'll teach you how to roast them as well. Right. And I thought that was cool. I watched the video on your website when I was like going through it. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Probably won't try it, but it (laughs) seemed cool. You're like, just make sure that you're in somewhere without, because there'll be lots of smoke. And I was like, noted. Noted. Can't do it. Don't do it in your house. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, but that's awesome. Um, and you've kind of touched upon advice throughout the whole conversation, but, uh, what would be some of the first and main advice that you'd give people who want to start a business? Um, yeah, I think it's okay. It's like, again, it's okay if you don't know necessarily what you want it to or what that finished product looks like. Somebody told me early on that you just, sometimes you just have to flip the sign and, you know, see where it goes. Um, one of the things that I see people get hung up on all the time is having a business plan. Like I need a finished business plan before I start a business. You don't at all. In fact, I would argue that it's the worst thing you can do. 
Um, it's really great in the sense that it's an exercise. So maybe take it with a grain of salt, um, you know, work through it because it allows you to kind of defend your ideas to yourself and maybe make your idea that just that much more robust. But we started with a business plan and it almost killed the business, right? Because you start to, you know, see the folly in it. You start to maybe not, you don't, you don't have the savvy to connect the dots in a lot of ways. Like, why would you? So, um, all it's meant to be is a living document and all it's meant to be is really for investors or financing or something to kind of check back on and be like, Oh, cool. Remember when we thought that way? Like, so I would say like passion is number one. Um, Ty also used to say like, you're going to run out of money before you run out of passion. And as soon as you run out of passion, then you're, you're hooped. So just, yeah, just find something that you really love to do and just keep doing it and know that you're not going to get paid. You're not going to get money. You're going to be like, if you go full two feet in, which you have to, if you want to make it work, like it's, it'll be tough because if it's easy, everybody would do it. Right. But, um, yeah, stick to it. That would be that would be kind of like my number one. I also have like this giant book of other right. like, quips and sayings. Again, like I love cliches and stuff. Yeah. So that's that's the uh, and that's all businesses. It's yeah. just like people saying really interesting stuff. Right. Not me. Right. I regurgitate interesting stuff I hear. So I mean, you need to have both sides. Yeah. Really. Exactly. Um, do you want to share who Bubba the Bear is? And yeah. Who he is for the company um, and what he represents? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Bubba originally came around, so he's the, he's the grizzly bear in our logo. He's our adorable mascot. And, uh, originally it started Bubba's Buds was a program where we wanted to leverage, um, content creation from our friends that were like super talented. And so we had to figure out a way that we were going to kind of have, uh, ambassadors or something like that. And we would give them a product for X amount of shots. And I drew up this contract and this was again, still very early on. And it just was gross. Like it felt <laughs> like it just wasn't, it wasn't it, the, the contract itself wasn't in the spirit of what we were trying to do. But then I was like, there has to be some business and there has to be some side accountability, right? On that, you can't just give people product and then not get something back. And then that just creates animosity and all this other kind of stuff. So um, it was kind of shelved for a bit. And then eventually it came around to um, being more of a community program. So as of right now, in its simplest form, Bubba's Buds is an opportunity for people who want our product for free to get it if they are willing to trade a story. So um, basically all it would require is a six to 800 word adventure, um, unsponsored. We don't want like, yeah, I got to the top of the mountain and drank my CHRC coffee, like none of that. Um, it is more along the lines of, you know, it could be if a uh, fond memory, you know, if you were camping as a kid or something like that with photos, it could be, um, an adventure. If you're a weekend warrior or you're a hardcore, you're out in the mountains all the time. It could be a trip itinerary. Like this is what I would do for, you know, Valley pass or, you know, grassy lakes, or like, this is what I would take. Here's my 10 essentials. Or if you hate the outdoors and you still want coffee, um, there's, it's like, this is cool. You know, 10 things to do in Calgary on a budget, like that kind of stuff. So it's more so just a resource for the community so that people are inspired to kind of get, you know, outside and, and experience that. Right. And does that still exist? It does. Okay. So people listen to this and are interested. They can do that. Yes, absolutely. And we actually even have tier levels and stuff. We've experimented with that. We have contributors that have given us um, multiple entries. So, you know, you get coffee and then after a few, you can 
you know, up to a hat or a piece of merch or a cup or whatever you want. Right. Yeah, the more stories, the better, so. Right, that's awesome. And uh, speaking of merch, we'll just touch on that a bit. Um, did you design it at the beginning or how did that come into play with the coffee? Was that at the same yeah. time or an evolution? Yeah, so and that's and that's Jamie's like wheelhouse. Like the guy is uh, not only handsome, but he's also very creative. He's like super good at uh, at drawing and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, within like the whole Simon Sinek, I think that's him, where he talks about like the the three parts to the circle, where it's like you or the three roles you have in business. You have your visionary, your operator, and your systems, something like that. Um, Jamie was absolutely like the visionary. It's like a squirrel like you just can't keep them focused sometimes um but with that comes a lot of really great things and so um all the merch that we've done has been designed in-house we have um only limited runs of things we'll generally only order like 50 and then once we're sold out we just move on to the next thing um, even if there is a demand for the old product so yeah i think it's more so just um we like to joke and say the reason we started the business was to buy shit that we like for wholesale prices right so (laughs) You know, we we always wear hats, so we we thought, well, we should probably have a hat. And while we're out there and we're basically always living our brand or we're always promoting our brand, so we might as well be wearing, you know, shirts that we actually like to wear, sweaters that we like to wear that have our stuff on it. But we also don't like the highly, like, boom, there's a logo in your face. So we wanted to do it subtly where, you know, someone can pick up the hat and not even like coffee, like our brand or something like that, but they could see it and be like, well, you know, shit, I like that hat. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think like you said at the beginning, that's more of like the lifestyle side of it. Like you can have the full lifestyle brand and then drink coffee if you want. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we still support the tea drinkers out there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. You can wear a hat maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and why is staying connected to the outdoors so important to you personally and to the brand? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, everything kind of comes from the source, right? Like we, we just want to live our brand. Um, it's, it's just an opportunity. So like CHRC is kind of a vessel for us to live out, um, what we want to do in life. So, uh, that's multiple folds. Uh, Jamie actually originally recruited me. Um, when I was in Fernie, we were kind of chatting about the idea. He called me up one day. And he's like, yeah, remember, remember that thing that we were talking about on the hunting trip? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, I know you like to travel and, you know, Phil and Seb are down in origin like 13 times a year. And is that something that you'd want to do? And it's just like, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Like you hooked me on that. So, um, I think that is what you need to do. It's just like building a brand is just an opportunity to leverage other things that you truly like to do that you're passionate about. So the more things that align, the stronger that passion is going to be. So we get to go out and meet incredible people like yourself and that are doing their thing and they're passionate about what they do. And, um, you know, they bleed their brand and we get to go to these events that we wouldn't have no business being invited to prior to. And we get to work with these people and, like travel and do all this, like these experiences that I've had in the past three years are just insane. And we're so thankful for that. So yeah, I can't, I can't remember the question. I got off on a tangent. (laughs) That's okay. Just about being connected to the outdoors. Yeah. Okay. So then exactly. So I think we, it's, it's kind of ironic and funny because when we started the company, we were so consumed that it's like, yeah, we love being outside or we're an outdoor brand, but we haven't seen, you know, the mountains in a couple months. And so it's just all about work-life balance and just trying to get back out there. But 
we genuinely genuinely are not like happier than when we're outside and so just being able to encourage again other people to experience that as well at least from maybe from our lens um yeah is is kind of how that all ties in right well then you can also if you need to go to the mountains or go on a trip you can just be like it's business exactly and then use that as the excuse (laughs) oh totally absolutely write it off yeah exactly yeah that's my whole life as well yeah uh so you also teach spin Mm -hmm. and yyc cycle so how does that fit into everything in your life and then you mentioned work-life balance so how do you fit everything oh dang yeah (laughs) um so jamie and i when we started we actually like we frankenstein jobs together to make this work so only recently um and like again three and a half years in only recently did jamie come on um full-time i was on kind of like half-time full-time maybe about like in june and then so it's yeah, it's, it's a grind. So like he, so Jamie was a bus, a school bus driver, um, for, for a stint of time there. Um, just worked really well with the schedule. Um, he's always been interested in fire and you always need, you need like your um, class C or whatever, like for bus driving. So he was able to get that through that, um, which is great. And then he also worked for an oil and gas company. I was working for Echo Blue Flame Kitchen as a server. I was working odd jobs for Social Button Company with Ty. Um, and Spin has always kind of been that one job that's just kind of stayed. And it's because, like, it's unreal. Like, their community is incredible. And obviously, um, you start to learn things about yourself. I, like breakdown if if i'm not able to like work out and kind of release that because for the hour that you're in the gym or whatever you just kind of disconnect from everything right and that's so so important and same with like going into the outdoors it just refreshes you so um it's the one that is not too invasive on on the work on like chrc's time so i can still do it and because of that it's allowed me to take a lower um, salary with the company as well so i'm still like jamie's on full-time ali our director of operations and partner she's on full-time we we did have two staff that were helping us out with our pop-up coffee shop um, but it just helps reduce the burden right because as soon as the company starts to hurt then it's like our salaries are the first ones to go um but yeah yyc is great it's like super fun i love doing it and uh, how it works with the work-life balance is like, that's something that every entrepreneur, I don't care if they say they're the experts, they're not, like everyone struggles with, it's impossible because it's this always changing pendulum, the goalposts are always moving on you. Sometimes the business really needs you. A lot of times your personal relationships really need you. And sometimes those timelines don't sync. So um, yeah, it's, it's just something that you have to be wary of and kind of acknowledge but i think you need a really strong support system to like bring you back into reality like it's so easy to burn out and it's so easy to alienate and just put your blinders on because the more it's it's output in is result out right so you get obsessed with just doing everything more more because then you see that um but yeah you need people to kind of like pull you out and shake your head and be like yeah it's it's life's more important than that so which helps again when you're able to marry you know your passions with the business because then you kind of you get to cheat a little bit right yeah um and what are your go-to activities when you want to disconnect or recharge um yeah i would like working out for sure um i would say that's huge but not like definitely 
just just getting outside any activity it can be snowboarding hiking mountain biking got really into fly fishing last year um jamie and i go on an annual hunting trip every year with a bunch of our buddies and like that's always really great but it's always in november and that's always right. the most stressful <laughs> time of year and every year we think it's going to get better and easier to go but every year it seems like more and more is on the line so the first year it's like we launched our website and then we left like two weeks later and we had orders and I'm like, we can't possibly leave for a week, like, or five days, like the business will burn to the ground. And then we did, and it was fine. And next year it's like, no, well, now we have clients and what if they miss an order? And yeah, so it's just, there's never a good time. There's never a good time to leave. There's never a good time to take vacation. There's never a good time to take a sick day. So you just need to realize that, yeah, your business isn't going to burn to the ground if you leave or you, you do the things that make you feel better. It's like the whole, um, oxygen mask in a plane thing, right? Like you got to help yourself first. Right. And you got to make sure that you're good. Otherwise, what's the point? Mm-hmm. So I feel like you pick good activities too that are most of the time you probably don't even have like cell service yeah. wherever you're going. So you like have no choice but to focus on where you are. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's really important. And like addiction for like on the phone and stuff. Again, it's, you just need those people to just be like, hey, get off it. Like Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a podcast or book that you'd recommend? Are you a reader? Ooh, a I am not a reader <laughs> at all. It's all it's almost comical. Um, so I realistically, I just I blame it on. I always say that it's like okay, well, you know, I I don't read because I, and when I start reading, I feel really guilty, and I should be working on the business. Like if I have this time, then mm-hmm. I should be doing something else, which is like partially true. I think it's just I don't like reading. Um, but uh, so I got into. Uh, audiobooks and um, yeah so I'm listening to a few right now uh, good to great I think is a really um, like is, is super positive I've, I, it does kind of drum on a little bit at points um, huge fan of Simon Sinek sometimes his accent will drive me nuts though um, but I do like the whole like start with why and that's something that I think we've or at least I've like really taken on board and like we're starting to put into everything that we touch is, you know, enough shooting at the hip. Let's like be more proactive than reactive. And what that comes from is just, yeah, just understanding, like just using that as the litmus test. Right. So, okay. So we're doing, and, and it could be as silly as like, Oh, we're going to post this today or we're going to throw money at this, or we're doing this donation, or we're going to make this move or this event. It's like, why? Like what are not necessarily, what are we getting out of it monetarily or what results will we get? It's more so just like, like what service does it provide? Um, so using that to boil down, everything is huge, but I'm also listening to, uh, uh, shoe dog right now oh yeah I just and, finished that. and that's awesome like totally. as far as audiobooks go i also like i took a little detour into doing like some mystery thriller book and right. i'm like yeah you know it's so it's okay but the i i don't know who narrates it but he's he's phenomenal yeah like, yeah he, it's like you're it's like a captivating story because it is it's like what an uh auto or it's a memoir right yeah. so mm-hmm. um yeah i would say that one's really great too Mm-hmm. No, it is good. Well, because everyone knows about Nike. That's what I yeah. find those ones really interesting when you like use the products and then you find out where they came from. Yeah. I mean, that's basically why I have a podcast yeah. myself. The same thing, like here, where it came from for products that you love. Totally. Today. And I think vulnerability is just so important. And whether you're an entrepreneur or someone who's interested in a product or any of this other kind of stuff, it's, you know, you see, you never see behind the curtain, right? Totally. It's all just this uh, smoke and mirrors. And, 
I like 99% of the time it's it's this like mess of a back of house and all you see is the front house and so getting to see that side like that's something that we realize and why we don't take ourselves too seriously is like you know these are people don't want to know that we're you know like polished and all this other kind of stuff like that's great and yeah as a consumer of a product you want the tangible to be polished but as far as the company goes you know it's you want to know those like nuances the things that you know put a face or humanize the brand and so we're we're very open with that kind of stuff right yeah i think that's important i think now we've like transitioned to that probably with social media how about that like because people people want to see like what people are actually like what businesses are actually like and so everyone wants to see the backstory yeah and if someone is too perfect or a brand is too perfect you're like well really like what's wrong yeah like something is happening yeah (laughs) um and let's talk about the cafe because that was really what's next for cover here interesting so how did, where is that in the process? Yeah, so we are, um, it still doesn't feel real just because we've been chasing it down for literally like two and a half years. Um, so the CC Snowden building in Ramsey, which is across from the new Dandy Brewing Company and adjacent to the Commons and Barbell Studio, um, is a old, you know, plus hundred year old building. Um, used to be like a motor oil refinery plan and all this other kind of stuff. Um, it's gone through a few transitions, has modern office on the top floors, but the rest of the building is heritage. And so we got in and toured that space, yeah, two and a half years ago. And it's been the most convoluted mess ever <laughs> to try to like get this going. Um, so we've sat on our hands as the building's gone through uh, default and receivership and lawyers and environmental remediation and all these other kind of things and the city and heritage board and everyone is so brutal. Um, But like we even had what three or four offer to leases on the space. We had uh, two signed leases, one that fell through. We were working with a developer that pulled out, like all this kind of stuff happened. So um, we just focused on the rest of our business and building up the brand and the wherewithal so that eventually when a space became available and was the right space hopefully people would be lining up instead of opening the doors and trying to figure out how to get people in there um but yeah it's the snowden building we have a signed lease we started construction um well actually construction is underway and uh it it looks like it's gonna happen <laughs> like it's i felt like for the longest time i was just saying like yeah we're 95 96 99.9 99.99 like yeah so we're I think we were hoping to open March. Um, that's pretty unrealistic. Uh, then April has been kind of played with. Now we're maybe shooting to May, um, but we've been assured before June. So we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's our first kick of the can. We, we're working with some, again, very, very talented people, people that know way more than we do um, about this kind of thing. And we're, we're as involved as we can. So like we were doing the demo, um, that we're, you know, Jamie is also very crafty and works with his hands. So, um, we're, we're like building the tables for the space and we're keeping as much of the material that we find in the building in there. So in the basement, we found this like gorgeous planks of wood boards that we're using as our tables. And then in the safe, um, there's two of them actually in our space, which is great. There's four in the building. Um, there were all these shelving, these cedar shelves. And so we're going to repurpose those and make those into the bar and like all this other kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it would just be very clean, 
but very comfortable and inviting is the idea. But Full Roastery Cafe, we're doing manufacturing out of there. And, and yeah, people could come and see um, how it's all done. And we're hoping that it's very experiential. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure everyone is waiting for that. I feel like cafes, everyone, like, that's where everyone wants to go. You know, yeah. like, where's the coolest cafe? Yeah, absolutely. So, and it sounds like that one will be a little bit different than what's been recent. Yeah. You know, like, more, like, cozy comfy mm-hmm. like down to earth not so sterile vanilla box totally. yeah yeah and i find that it's like and like not calling anybody out right but it's more so just like and you see these everywhere it's people that have an incredible amount of money that you know think cafes are just cash cows and then they just build this gorgeous space and they have this you know incredibly talented designer that comes in an architect and all this other kind of stuff and they throw it at the wall and then yeah it's yeah it's a cafe and they serve coffee and but it just feels kind of like heartless like there's yeah. no soul yeah, so you need the experience. exactly and i think that's what we're looking to do and uh we're doing a post later this week but if you want to get in on the ground floor um we're doing uh we haven't named it yet we'll probably bubba's mug or something like that um but we are going to have uh, a, a set of three different mugs um they're like stanley mugs they're custom all this other kind of stuff and for different value points so it's like 255 and 750 um you'll get different uh, uh rewards for that so for example like the uh 750 750 mug will give you um free coffee for a year and then you get 30 percent off um, you know, coffee, merchandise, all this other kind of stuff and store discounts and all this other kind of jazz. So we're doing that way too, as kind of like a, you know, that collector's club, you know, you walk into a brewery, you see those mugs or whatever of yeah. people. So we're going to be doing that too. Shameless plug. Yeah. Stay yeah. tuned. Everybody. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> stay tuned. Um, which leads me into my last question, which is where can people connect with you online? Where can they find this post? Yes. Um, so our website, um, for sure is holds everything. Um, so that's just uh, calgaryheritageroastingco.com. Um, that's where you can find anything and everything that we do. The Bubba's Buds program. Once Bubba's Mug comes out, I'm just unofficially, officially naming that. <laughs> um, and other than that, uh, Instagram is obviously a really great resource. We're like super active on there. So we post everything. Um, and then aside from the cafe that's going to be opening, you can also find our product in Calgary as well. So uh, we're really excited to be working with Calgary Co-op, Sunterra, Community Natural Foods, Blush Lane, that kind of thing. Um, and just expanding that as well as our food service program. Wow, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing. That was awesome. Yeah, no worries. Thanks so much for having me.